Oh, how can I forget that? I will never forget this. It was just beautiful. I'm a shepherd, you know? I'm old now, really old, as you can see. But in fact, I used to be one of the youngest. I'm, I was the youngest one that one night that changed everything. I want to tell you the story of that special night. It was, it was just beautiful. It was a wonderful night. The stars were out, no moon, moonless night, and it was just beautiful. It was a little bit chilly. Uh, I remember that we would, uh, when we would be breathing, there was steam in the air, and we would make as if we were smoking, and we were all up for trouble. That's at least what Samuel said, the lead shepherd. I mean, he looked at me, and he just chuckled and said, oh, you're always up for some trouble, right? And then he would pa walk past me and rub my head, and, and then he would say, oh, I just love this guy. And it was just beautiful. That night, stars were out. We were looking at the stars, thousands and thousands of stars, and we just marveled at God's creation. It was so peaceful, or so it seemed. To me, it was. To the others, it wasn't that much. It seemed that they had all their problems. As we were tending sheep, they would come in, and we would talk at the fireplace, and every time it seemed that we were just talking about their problems. I was the youngest back then, so I was in charge of tending the fire, making sure that it wouldn't go out. And that meant also that I was always there when the shepherds would come in, fill their cup with a little bit of soup, And then sit down, cross from me or beside me, and we would just start talking. And they would share their stories about life, about their problems. They would pour out their hearts at the campfire. Many times they would say, oh, Daniel, you're so innocent. You're a young little boy. Life is so hard. I hope your life will sometime be better than, your, than mine. Or another one would say, Daniel... Life is tough. Make sure that you have someone or something to hold on to. For most of the times, I didn't even understand what that meant. But soon enough, I would find out. There was John, for example. His dad had been a very successful businessman. He had his own store. It's pretty business, good business. And then the Romans came in. And within a couple years... Taxes soared, and my dad went bankrupt within a few years. John had always struggled to put that business back into place, but in the end, he had to provide for his family, so he just became a shepherd to at least get something and earn some money. John was disappointed at life. Where was justice? Where was God? Why would God allow something like that? Where was he? The Messiah would come, he for sure would kick those Romans out and also the tax collectors. And then he would establish his kingdom. Elijah would come in and he would just say, oh, if it wouldn't, would be just for that government. That government, yeah. Elijah would go to the fireplace and he would pour himself a cup of soup 
And then we, he would plop down beside me. He would just say, oh, guys, if you would only know, I don't know what you had been talking about, but... And then he would be quiet. He would stare off into the sky, into the night, and would be sad in his grief. You know, he had just lost his son, one of his sons, Seth. I knew Seth well. He was in school with me. Every once in a while, I would see him. That was, if he was not sick, at home, weak. And then one night, one day, he didn't come to school anymore. He had passed away. No one knew why. No one knew what it was. But now he was not there anymore. Elijah looked at me as if saying, why? What? If the Messiah would have come, you think he would have been able to heal my son? It hurts so much, Daniel. It hurts so much. John got up. It was his time to go to tend the sheep, and he would pat Elijah on the shoulders if, if, saying, if he would be saying, I feel for you, brother. I feel for you. There were problems. Neither Elijah nor I felt the need to talk about it, but there were a lot of problems. Everyone struggled with something. No one knew how to handle life. It was not easy to grow up in this environment. It was not easy. I listened to those problems. There was Reuben, for example. He and his wife did not get along with each other. They were fighting all that time. Reuben was glad to be out here with us guys. I mean, for me, that was great. He was a great hunter, and he would always teach me how to get a rabbit or some other animal so that we could have something nice for dinner. But that also meant that he spent less time with his wife and his children. I sometimes felt guilty that I was with Reuben and he was not there with his kids. And I asked myself sometimes, if the Messiah would come, would he be able to fix marriages also? That is, if he would come. I remember my dad sometimes saying, yeah, I doubt he will come. I mean, it has been 400 years that, the Messiah, that God had talked to people through prophets. 400 years of nothing, of silence. I doubt he will come. Why should he act now? Where was this redeemer? Where was this healer? Or how did Eli uh, Isaiah put it in one of his books? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. I remember it well, those expectations, the hope that was not a hope at all anymore. Holding on to something unfulfilled, fading. Hurting people without any joy. I remember it well. It was not easy as a little child to keep the joy when all the adults were so joyless. But that all changed that one night. That all changed. Oh, and how it changed. Let me tell you about it. You know, it was again one of those melancholic nights. And we were just staring out into the dark sky when all of a sudden, it just makes my heart jump. All of a sudden, there was this angel. Yeah, you heard it right. An angel was there. And he looked at us, and we looked at him, and I was scared. 
I remember putting my face in my father's chest and asking, what is that? And then this voice, tender but powerful, saying, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people, the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will have and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in a strips of cloths, laying in a manger. Was that true? Was that right what I just heard? Did that angel, and I was really sure it was an angel, did he just say that the Messiah had come to Bethlehem, to my hometown? It can't be, right? Or could it? I mean, a lot of people had come lately to Bethlehem. There was some kind of a census for, from the Romans. They wanted to know how many Jewish people were there because they were afraid that these leaders in Jerusalem would start some kind of a revolution or a rebellion or something like that. So in Bethlehem, we had a lot of people, people from as far as Galilee had come. Could there be some royalties in there? For sure not that, that one couple that just came and stayed at my grandpa's barn. I mean, it was barely a barn. It was more a staple for some animals and maybe two people, yeah. They had come from Galilee. It was far away. And Mary, the lady, she was so tired from the journey, being pregnant. My grandpa just gave him this plot, this, this place. But in the end, there was no room anywhere in Bethlehem. Why, why not? So they stayed in this place. There were people all over. Could it be this couple? I doubt it. Joseph, he was a carpenter. I mean, a carpenter. Look at, it. Look at him. I mean, he was poor. He probably made less than us shepherds. R- times had really been tough lately. It could not be them. Because, I mean, the Messiah was supposed to be a king, right? My mind was spinning, and all of a sudden, everything changed. Hundreds. No, I think it was thousands of angels were lighting up the sky. North, south, east, west, all over they were. And this beautiful melody, this beautiful song that they sang. Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I didn't understand what that meant back then, but today I do understand. Let me tell you what happened next. Life-changing. I tell you, life-changing. Soon as the angels had left, we wrapped up everything, and we had our sheep, and thinking back, it was kind of crazy. Imagine a hundred sheep, us shepherds, going into Bethlehem. We had all these sheep together, Because usually, us shepherds, we would be in our small groups, but during the night, we would bring them all together in one big place. It was easier to watch them. So we were a big group, lots of sheep, lots of shepherds, and we made our way into Bethlehem. And sure enough, at my grandpa's place, there was this baby. I was so excited. I wanted to see that baby. What was the Messiah like? What was I expecting of, of the Messiah? And then, again, what was I expect, to expect of a baby? Who was he? I approached and looked carefully into that manger. There he was, this baby, so peaceful, so joyful. That presence, it was the Son of God. 
It was the Messiah. All of a sudden, I felt these, these hands on my shoulders, and I looked up, and there was my dad with tears in his eyes. I remember it, tears in his eyes, and a joy in his heart, and a joy in his face, and he looked at me with this love. I had never seen my dad like that. The Messiah had finally come. He was at peace. The Messiah had come. And then over there, there was John. I could tell that John was at peace. There was no angry words against the Romans. There was no shame of losing a business. There was no bitterness. For this very special moment, injustice did just not exist. It was not there. It was just him and the Messiah. Elijah, he knelt on the other side, and he cried. But it was a peaceful cry. Tears running down his face, pouring down all, out all his sorrow that he had in this single moment. And even though his son was still dead, I could tell that peace like a river attended his way, though sorrows like sea billows rode, Whatever his lot, God has taught him to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Elijah was fine. I could just tell Elijah was fine. And then there was Reuben. He had this huge grin on his face, this peaceful grin. And as if he was saying, I will make my marriage work if this is the Messiah and he can soften my heart and he give me so much peace, he can give that to my wife too and we will make it work. We will be fine in our marriage. He just knew. I couldn't think, I couldn't help but think, if this is what the Messiah can do to us few, what can, do, what can the Messiah do to so many other people? Looking back, this is exactly what he did. He touched so many hearts. You know, his name, they had given him the name Yeshua. This old Hebrew name, Yeshua, forgotten name. You know, Yeshua means God is my salvation. And salvation he is. Over the past few years, I have listened to him. He preached and I listened to his sermons. I've seen him heal people. Sometimes I wish I, could have been, I would have been able to bring Seth to him, that he could heal him, but it didn't happen. I've seen him feed 5,000 people at once. It was amazing. 5,000 people. Jesus had five loaves of bread and two fish, and he thanked God, and he gave it to us, and just like that, he fed all 5,000 of us. For sure, people wanted to make him the king of bread, but Jesus just said, you know, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I think that meant that when we come to Jesus and when we feed off his word and his presence, we are just fine. We will be satisfied. There's no need for other stuff in our life. We need to focus on Jesus first and all the other things will be given unto us. And then he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bring much fruit. I think that meant that Jesus doesn't only satisfy our needs 
If we remain in Him, it will also mean that we will bring fruit, that we will live a God-pleasing life. That was pretty amazing. Jesus had a few of those I am statements. I remember this one, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How amazing is that? I can go to God with a clear conscience, and I can say, Father to him. I mean, when I remember, every once in a while, I would go to my father like this, because I knew I was in trouble. But all of a sudden, through Jesus Christ here, I can go to God the Father like this, because Jesus has made a way to the Father. I can go to him with a clear conscience. I still marvel at this truth. There's one favorite of mine. This, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. I remember well when my dad would be with his sheep, he would call his sheep, all, each and every one by name. And when he would call them, they would just come running towards him. And I always marveled at that, that intimacy that they shared. And now Jesus was using the same words, the same illustration. He was basically saying, I know you by name. Daniel, I know you. He wanted that intimacy. He wanted that being close to me. Now, that is special. I remember that same night he would be saying, I am the door of the sheep. Every once in a while, my dad and I, we would be with the sheep. And when we would put the sheep into the pen, then, or in, into a cave or into an enclosed area, my dad, he would be laying in the doorway as if becoming himself the door. And I was inside, the sheep were inside, and I could rest because I knew my dad was there. All the troubles, all the problems of the world were out there. I could sleep at night in peace, at rest, because I knew Jesus was there. But every once in a while, I would also ask myself, now, what if something happens? What if someone gets hurt? What if I get hurt, and I got hurt in my life? What if someone dies? Well, Jesus even had an I am word for that. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though he dies... He will live. Is that marvelous? Is that wonderful? I think this is the most beautiful one. You know, Jesus himself had experienced it. He, when he was about 33 years old, he was very famous. And the Jewish leaders did not like that at all. So they made every effort to kill him. And they succeeded. They nailed him to the cross. The most crucial way to do it. And they had killed him. But on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? With Jesus, even death doesn't have any word to say anymore. Jesus is the Lord over everything. Jesus has brought light into this world. Speaking about light, there was one more that Jesus had. The phrase goes, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have light of the life. I've seen that light. I've seen that light that came into this world to us. I saw it right there in that manger. 
that one night. Nowadays, I ask myself, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Mary, did you know your baby boy has come to make us new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know we had so much joy in our hearts? We were so filled with joy. I will never, ever forget that day. We packed up our stuff and we left for the fields again. We wanted to tell everyone about this good news. The good thing was that, imagine, we had 100 sheep in our tow. 100 sheep make a lot of noise. And so all the people from the town just poured out of their houses, came to the streets and wanted to know what are those shepherds up to. I was great. For once in a life, I was glad to be a shepherd. We had all these sheep and they were coming to us and we could tell them about this Messiah, this joy that had come into this world, this Emmanuel, this God with us that had come into this world. The Messiah had come. I'm old now. I've had my shares of struggles, my pains, my sorrows. I've had my adversities, my problems, but I will never forget my Messiah. In all those problems, I will never forget that my Messiah is there. In the midst of all my struggles, I know that my Redeemer lives. Oh, I know my Redeemer lives. All of creation testifies this life within me cries. I know my Redeemer lives. He lives on in my heart, in my life, in my mind, for all generations to come. And I hope that for you, it is also a reason for joy. Today, a joy where you can rest. Remember Christ our Savior was born that Christmas day to save us all from Satan's power when we have gone astray. Oak tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Let's sing this song together and praise God for who he is, the Messiah, the salvation of our life. <laughs>